Thanks for joining us. I'm Alan Burke, a landscape architect here in the Puget Sound region, and you are listening to the Green Meridian Podcast. You know, as a landscape architect, a nurseryman, and a design-build business owner, I think I've seen it all, from a small nursery office to a large landscape architectural firm, from the inside track of an interior scape company to the retail aisles of a supplier, I've plied my trade. And from the fast-paced world of a computer imaging company doing industry trade shows to my own small design sole proprietorship, I've been in various facets of the green industry now for 40 years. I'm now managing a design-build operation with about 50 people on staff. And, you know, I might be in either the nirvana of my sweet spot or Dante's third circle of hell, depending on the time of the week you ask me. But this work is like having kids, I think. You know, the most horrible and wonderful thing that can happen to anyone lucky or stupid enough to get into it. Why do we choose to work in this, the most difficult of all trades, and what makes it so complex? Let's talk about the work environment for a minute. You might be a sole proprietor working by yourself, working as a estate gardener on a job site, relying on yourself. Don't get hurt. Could be the end of it for you. Everything is dependent on you. You're fixing your own truck. You're hiring your own insurance. You're hiring your own help. You're canvassing your own leads. You're doing your own billing. You're procuring your own materials. It's pretty much impossible. The only thing harder than that is working in a larger company. You've got a lot of folks working for you and you're responsible for their livelihoods. You're supporting a number of families. You've got a fleet of trucks. You've got much more resources to juggle every day. It's tough. Can things get any crazier? You bet they can. First of all, we're competing against cheap and illegal contractors. Let's just face it. They're out there everywhere. You see them every day. I don't know any other industry that has to put up with this kind of stuff, but we do, and there's not much we can do about it. We can recognize it, and we can do what we can to report folks that are not running legal businesses, but that's rarely done. There's a void of available workers. Let's just face it. Folks don't want to work like they used to. Maybe that was always the case, and maybe that's me feeling a bit like a curmudgeon at my old age these days, but, you know, I feel like it's true. I mean, who wants to push rocks up a hill? I don't think anyone wants to do that when you could work in software. And there's a language barrier. Half our workforce doesn't speak English, which can make it really tough to communicate on the job site. We're working in an uncertain economy. Could change at any minute. The work that we do is not a necessity. People don't necessarily have to have it. And that makes it tough. And we're working in a changing climate. We're losing plant materials that we used to use a number of years ago. Everything is getting warmer. There are much greater water requirements, and that makes it much harder for our clients to take care of the environments that we are designing and building. The first thing to talk about is choreographing plant materials. Man, there are so many different kinds of plant materials to specify from. 
I mean, if you look at the varieties of hydrangea alone with the new hybrids that are coming out, that's enough to make your head spin. Knowing where to get them, how much they cost, how they're going to look, satisfying your client's general desire with what it's going to look like, all of those things are nearly impossible to work with. In addition, especially this year, we've had difficulty with hardscape materials being supplied adequately. The availability of paving and wall block and that type of thing is much more limited than it has been, and we're hoping that that'll clear up. But there are a great variety of those types of products as well to choose from, and that can sometimes make things confusing for both the designer, specifier, and the homeowner. You know, we're building with earth and water and electricity and fire. We're dealing with a workforce that may not speak the same language, and we're doing it outside in all kinds of weather. It really couldn't be more difficult. But it's important to put a perspective on it as we move ahead and compartmentalize aspects of the work so that we can understand it better, automate better, and work toward a common goal. You know, the other problem, too, to consider is the client. Clients have a short attention span now, much more so than in the past, and they have a need for a certain level of graphic intensity around the planning, and you need to be aware of that, and you need to do what you can to bring that to bear on your work. You also need to be aware of the marriage dynamic. You're going to be speaking to a pair of spouses that may not be seeing things in the same light, and in that way, you are becoming a bit of a marriage counselor, part-time at least, or maybe a personal therapist in a way, and that's not something you were necessarily trained for. But you need to solve problems to meet both ends of that spectrum. We have a multicultural client base from all over the world now, especially here in the Seattle area where we're in tech and medicine. Uh, there are really quite a few folks that come from backgrounds that you may or may not be familiar with, and they bring different expectations around what they want to see, how they want to negotiate the work, how they expect it to be completed, and, of course, the price they expect to pay. The effects of social media and HDTV portrayals can affect your client. They can affect you. They can affect your client in a great way by making them have higher expectations or perhaps crazy expectations about how fast the work's going to go or what it's going to look like. And those are things you might have to manage your way through as well. Let's talk about some simple ideas that'll keep you on course to your goals. The first thing and probably the most critical thing is that you have a good system of time organization. My feeling is you should set up the week to be compartmentalized into blocks of time. You know when you're going to be working, you know when you're going to be estimating. If you're designing and doing planning, you have certain times of the week that you're going to do that. You might have a certain time of the day or the week that you're going to follow up on leads and make calls. And even though you'll vary that quite a bit, you have some kind of pre-choreographed calendar that tells you when you can do one thing or another. This will help you to, to sort out when you can see a client and not overbook yourself and also allow you to put the family first, as you should. We'll talk about that in an upcoming episode where we talk about time organization. The other thing is to set up some basic office processes. I'm a big proponent for setting up a CRM, a client relationship manager. There are a number of different softwares that do that, from Salesforce to Zoho to other types of apps and software. Uh, basically, it's a database where you enter a name if you have an inquiry, 
and you can collate that information for later use, which might not seem very important initially, but as your business develops, you will have literally thousands and thousands of names to draw from, and you can do all kinds of analysis about how people hear from you, uh, how they source you out, where they find you, average size of project, and the zip codes where you might do the most work. The other thing, of course, is to have an estimating and specifying system that is well organized. And this could simply be an Excel sheet to start. It could be software like LMN or Aspire or something like that over time or CoConstruct. That is a package that you buy and you pay a subscription framework for. But honestly, for most of the work that you do, especially at the startup level, a simple estimating system in Excel will do everything you need it to do. There is, of course, the legal framework to consider. You've got initially proposals that you're sending out, which have a certain legal component to that, to that type of work in and of itself. But you also have contracts or agreements that have to be written a certain way. We'll be covering that in an upcoming episode as well. The other thing to consider is how addendas or change orders are submitted so that when you send out a change in the work, there's a legal framework for that if a client is able to and willing to approve it, say, by email. Uh, that should become legally binding. You will want to do a fair amount of marketing and networking to keep yourself on track. And that might be social media. It might be SEO and website work. There are a lot of ways that you can approach that that can help you to organize and stabilize your business. Remember when you're doing the work that in the moment, even a minor setback can sometimes seem insurmountable. The lens of time will help you to sort out the importance of your setback. Looking back on my time managing my current business, I can't tell you the number of crises we've weathered. From burglaries to truck accidents, economic downturns, extreme weather, to all the myriad self-inflicted wounds made by bad employees, client interactions, or frankly, hey, full disclosure by me. In the end, each situation will be seen just as a tempest in a teapot over time to just become a good story in the long haul. What I'm asking is that you simply take a breath, look for the good, and try to see the problem as a learning opportunity. Keep pushing that rock up the hill. Stay hydrated and high-minded. 